What's up, everybody? Joe Steve here from Rad Parenting, sitting across from a co-host. Anea Bo. We've got a killer show for you today. If you've ever listened to my stand-up comedy, you know how much... I don't want to use the word hate. I cannot, uh, I'm not a fan of Common Core, but today it's all going to change because we have a man in here who loves math. His name is Chase Norton. And when he was a kid, <laughs> grow, did I get it right? Yeah, no, no, no. no. Chase you, Orton. No, Orton. No, no N on the beginning no, of that. Okay, we'll quite check all right. it out. People will remember it more. O R T O N. I get intros wrong if you come on Rad Parenting all the time. Sorry about that. <laughs> Chase Orton. I was thinking of Norton. Who's Chase Norton? I don't no, know. No, it's Ed Norton. Ed actor. Yeah. Actor. Yeah. All right. He's not here, but Chase is. And you know what? I'm going to say this right now, Chase, besides getting your name wrong. Um, I, I, my feeling with math mm. has just, like, I couldn't help my son. I couldn't help my daughter. Mm-hmm. It always felt like it was such a struggle. So mm-hmm. today... You're gonna you're gonna help us. Gonna with help that. out with that. You're gonna help us out ideas. with that. Okay. Yep. Um. Before we do that though, Anea has. Remember when we did the beta testing thing, you guys, a while ago? Um. It was about. It was over the summer. Uh, Anea put together a beta uh, test group. It went really really well. Now that is about to officially. Um, open up to everyone, and you're going to talk about that really quick. Yeah, yeah. So it's amazing. Yes, really quick. I'm I'm so excited about this because the fact is, my biggest stress on the day to day is there's only one of me, and I want to help everyone. And so, what we've been working on diligently for the last several months uh, with our beta class over the summer, which was really helpful, um, is to create an online parenting community. Uh, Every month, we're going to have a different spotlight topic. Um, People are going to get videos. They're going to get written resources. They're going to have a Q&A session with me once a month. It can be as much or as little commitment as you want it to be in terms of your time and energy. And because I love the Rad Parenting community so much, and it has been, our beta group went so well, we are going to offer the first month free to Rad Parenting listeners only. And um, if you are interested in that, you can send us an email to rad at realuparenting.com. So R-A-D, rad at realyouparenting.com. If you want to get in on this, we launch October 1st, but you can get in now if you want that first month free. We'd love to have you. Um, So I look forward to hearing from you. Amazing. And you should do that right now uh, because I know everyone really enjoyed the beta, beta test group. And this is just an extension of that. And it's a real deal. And you can, and in there, we need more people. We, I wish we could make more Aeneas. We need Aeneas. That's like, so sweet, Joe. Triples and and the other and the other thing about this that what I'm super excited about is like a lot of people can't afford what I need to charge to do one on one work, and so this is going to open it up not only to have access to me for a fraction of what you would have to pay to have me one on one. Um, it also we are literally creating a community where parents are going to be able to support other parents, which how freaking rare is that when all we're usually dealing with is feeling like we're being looked down upon or sh- or shamed or judged or whatever. So this is going to be a game changer if I have my way. And you can do it the privacy of your own home in front of the computer by yourself, which is nice, right? Yes. That was starting to, I thought you were taking a way scary detour there. Gosh, come on now. (laughs) All right. Off to our guest talking about math. Chase Orton. Chase Orton likes math. You're in the studio with us who likes math very much. Um, You are an educational consultant. I am. You have your own uh, consulting company called Mobius, right? Yeah, Mobius Educational Consulting, which is a little bit of a mouthful. It it is. And you have an amazing blog, which I love the name of. Plug that right now. Uh, It's Undercover Calculus. Undercover Calculus. Yep. And folks shouldn't be afraid by the word calculus. As part of my mission is to make calculus not a scary thing. I think calculus is accessible to third, fourth, fifth graders. And so... um, 
I'm trying to plug that as well. The change comes from underneath rather right. than from the top. Well, so, th so that to me is revolutionary as a parent of a now fifth grader in mm -hmm. third grade. Uh, so she, Common Core, which we're going to talk about Common Core today. Sounds like a workout. It, geez. You look good in there doing oh, Common Core. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. So Common Core. I think Where'd you get those abs? <laughs> Common Core. <laughs> God. Dude, Com you lose a couple LBs. Joe's Common Core. Sam. Doesn't it sound like a workout? So though? here's the thing when I knew I that I, I wasn't too. alone. A, when I came into the studio today and said, we're going to talk about Common Core, and you told me your breaks little up story families. About like breaks up families. I know a family that got divorced over Common Core. Really? I'm yeah. not really surprised. Full fight at the table. Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow. And, and then I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Not only when, when I spoke to you, but also when I went to see The Incredibles 2. Have you seen The, the Incredibles 2, Chase? Some okay, so there's this moment when like the mom Incredible is out, you know, she's doing her superhero thing and dad's home with the kids. Yep. And at one point she calls to check in and he's like, they changed math. Who changes math? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. Like I almost, yeah. as a parent, because you know, we deal with that shame thing. I kind of didn't want to tell people that it was about to break me because my kid was coming home with third grade math. And I'm like, yeah. uh, no freaking idea how to help you. Like, yes, I've got a couple of like college degrees. I've been through grad school. No idea how to do that particular question, which is called a common core approach to math. So well, yeah, there was, there was some pushback in, in the math education community about that exact comment that nothing changed about mathematics. Mathematics is the same before Common Core as it is after Common Core. Nothing has changed about what mathematics is. I'm not convinced. That's that clearly. And that's part. That, and I think that's part of the problem because yeah. you know Joe showed me this clip. What you have it on YouTube, right? How could people find that clip? Oh, it's on my. It's on my first record. It was just a clip about just the premise of the whole thing was was when my son. I we they introduced Common Core at his school, and and I just was frustrated because I was like. Why would you introduce new math that the parents can't help the kids with? And then when I went and spoke to the school about it and said, "Look, you know we're having problems with math," and you know I went to college, mm -hmm. I ran a business, I you know mm -hmm. I I do pretty well for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not mm -hmm. a moron, you mm -hmm. know. I'm not you know a genius, but why can't I? Why can't I help them with this math? And then they said, "Well, you need to get a tutor." And I said, "No, we we've got a tutor." And they said, "No, no, you you need to have a tutor." <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, and I'm not making this up. They said, yep. "You should you need to come in on Saturdays and need to relearn the math program so you can work with them." And that's when I just called BS on it. I was like, "Yeah, why would you why would you do something that?" And it, I wasn't the only parent alone. Mm -hmm. So then 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 ended up what happening is is that there was just this um, disconnect with me. And my daughter and my son, because I like that joke of sitting down and trying to help them with the math problem. Mm -hmm. It was I couldn't, you know, all of the things that you and I had grown up with, with implicating, you know, how to solve a word mm -hmm. problem or how to do, you know, even the even the signs, mm -hmm. like the sign for times or this, it was all different. I, mm -hmm. It was just so so it was just frustrating that they would introduce that. But then, you know, other parents would tell me, well, the reason that, you know, and this is why you're here, mm -hmm. is that like, well, if you, if you did spend the time to learn how to, to do that, then you would understand that this math is actually beneficial and, and it can help. help. So why don't we, why we pick it up there, Chase? Like, can you tell us what the hell? Like, why, why did we even introduce And, and we're feeling Core? it change, but right. Chase, I can, you right. know, you're, you're like, check it out. It really, it's like a right. band. Dude, it's still the Ramones. They just got a different bass player. Check right. it out. Let me right. explain to you why. <laughs> well, I, I want to parse it out a little bit that I will happily defend Common Core at the K-8 level. I think high school mathematics before Common Core and after Common Core still has some really significant 
struggles that they haven't resolved. The NCTM, the National Council for the Teacher of Mathematics, has come out with a book recently about their proposal about how to fix high school math, and I have some resources for parents of high school students if they want to think a little bit more critically about the struggles we're facing in high school. But Common Core K-8 is really, really tight. And I would say let's focus on that because a lot of yep. our listeners have okay. kids yeah. that are getting ready to go into school. Yeah. And, and, you know, as much as we joke around about Common Core and, you know, all that, but, like, all kidding aside, you're, you're a parent listening to the show right now and you're like, hey, you know what? I have heard about Common Core. Or, hey, right. we're about to – it's being introduced into our right. curriculum. Can, can, can you kind of let the listener know right now, like, don't fear it, like – that, that it's, it can be done, it can be handled. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Common Core is really good uh, for helping young people develop the skills that they're going to need to not only understand the procedures that they're using, but also conceptually, being able to show their thinking in different ways, um, to be able to ask questions and interrogate problems and investigate problems, to um, learn how to participate in mathematical discussions with each other, honoring different ways of solving a problem because sometimes the formal algorithm isn't the most efficient way to solve a problem. Um, so there's been a big shift away from focusing on the formal algorithm as the first and only way to solve a problem, that there are simpler, more conceptual, more visual ways to solve problems, and sometimes those ways are more efficient. So it's gonna be good for getting students to have some balance between procedural fluencies and conceptual understanding while also learning how to apply and solve problems, real life problems, and put numbers into context. Okay, I want to I have a question. Sure. Anaya has her hand up because yep. okay, so I think <laughs> I think what you're saying is so when I when we learned math, like multiplication, for example, mm -hmm. that was all about memory. And I had a mm -hmm. rock in memory, and so mm -hmm. I ace my multiplication tables, and every time mm -hmm. I have to like apply the use of multiplication mm -hmm. doing in my everyday life. I just go to like what mm -hmm. I memorized back in third grade mm -hmm. and I pull from that. I think what you're saying is beyond just memorizing, you know, one number times this number is this, there's a, a, a more complex or, or deeper alternative understanding of exactly what you're doing that mm -hmm. might apply to different learning styles. I mean, mm -hmm. is that what you're saying? Uh, I think what, Math facts, and to define math facts, if we're talking about our times tables, has been yeah. something that's been a bone of contention that um, a lot of parents believe that they need to have their kids to be fluent in these math facts and to know them by heart. And the mm -hmm. best way to do that is through multiplication. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, through memorization, flash, memorization and yeah. flashcards being, being a common example. Right. Um, and you'll see, still see teachers doing one through 100 time tests and how many problems can you do. And... There, it bothers me because, um, one, that's not really what mathematics is about. It's not about speed. Mm -hmm. The best mathematicians in the world think deliberately and very slowly about complicated problems. Mm -hmm. Arithmetic, memorizing arithmetic is not necessarily the work of mathematicians or the what does it mean to mathematically think. My problem is, and here's a quick example, I was in a... Uh, fourth grade math classroom, I think, and there was some student work posted on the back wall and there was a timed multiplication fact test, bunch of problems, and this kid had three times seven is 21, and right below that was the math fact six times seven and he left it blank. And I'm like, man, dude knows three times seven is 21, but doesn't have the conceptual understanding to realize that six times seven is just gonna be double that. Right. Nor did he realize like, what's this math fact I do know that's close? Well, five times seven is 35, right. 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, counting up on fingers. Got it. Gonna be slower, 
But he gets there. Right. And there's a conceptual understanding there as well that really reinforces um, the, the, their overall understanding. Because if we only memorize a procedural formula, like when we get stuck, we don't know how to how get, to out, get of out of it. How to get out of it, right. That to- no, that totally makes sense. So, so it sounds like where memorization, you, you, you memorize that one equation, for example, mm-hmm. but to be able to maneuver your way around. And it mm-hmm. sounds like you're also saying developing a way of using our brains and mm-hmm. thinking about math that could mm-hmm. actually also be applied in many other different aspects mm-hmm. of life that we wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily call mathematical. Sure. Right. So yes. if you were, and, and I can also see how, where my experience, and I feel like, I feel like I was having a conversation with a friend about this recently about math, a math classroom, because I could never imagine having to teach math because what is missing in the math classroom, in my opinion, is the social aspect where mm-hmm. any other subject you could be like, okay, kids, we're going to do some gr- group work. Mm-hmm. And there's social and emotional development that can happen mm-hmm. even in their interactions with each other mm-hmm. in pretty much every other subject, but then you get to math and I'm always like, how does that teacher do it? Right. And it's a huge challenge. Math is so much about play. And I would like to talk a little bit more about that if we have time, but math is so much about play and that, investigation. And yeah. Cause like, um, for me, um, I feel that that's the, the, one of the best reasons that we, we have you here today, because mm-hmm. I know that with the parents that have the younger ones and they're, they're starting school, you, you want education to be fun because as soon as it's not, then mm-hmm. it might be similar to some of the experiences that our listeners have. We're like, oh, that turned me off to you know, math because mm-hmm. it wasn't fun or I got turned off to science because mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a, a break and hear from our sponsors, and then we're going to come back, hang out with Chase, Anaya, me. We're cruising. Uh, this is Rad Parenting. We'll be back after this. Rad Parenting, we are back. Um, we're hanging out. We got our buddy Chase. Your last name, Chase? Orton. O-R-T-O-N. Yes. And when we said at the beginning of the show, Chase Orton loves math, that seems like something I would have like seen scribbled like on, on the bathroom wall. Like, you know, like Chase Orton loves math. Chase mm. plus math. Mm. Chase plus heart. math. I, and you back it. You're like, yes, I do. So I have a, I have a, I have a deep confession for both of you. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Your I'm an English major. Chase. Oh, really? I was an English major in college. Yeah. Wow. I quit taking, I quit taking math in college because I had a really crappy professor. Mm. Um, and a, he really turned me off of mathematics. But what ended up happening, and I'm grateful for this crappy professor because a lot of my friends had to take Calc 1 to be to major in science, Got it. and they didn't understand Calc 1. And so I started to get into tutoring, and that made what the joy was is helping other people play and fall in love with mathematics. That's where my joy is in. So it's in the teaching of mathematics yeah. rather than the actual mathematics itself. So, so on that point, because sure. I think that this is really important, and I think for our listeners, what Joe was speaking to about like, you know, wanting to support our kids mm-hmm. in, in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that our kids always pick up on our energy. So regardless True. of what we're saying, so if we're going, math is important, math is fun, math is good, but our energy is like, what the hell is up with this common core? I yep. freaking hate it because I don't understand it, blah, blah, blah. As right. a parent, you are potentially putting your child's growing, potentially, hopefully growing mm. love of math mm. in jeopardy if mm. parents, like our listeners mm. today, are not really getting mm. this is, here are the, all the reasons mm. it's good, and here's how you as a parent, and that's... I, mm. I, I, I will not let you leave today, Chase, without um, giving our, our listeners like three tips. You don't have to do it right now, but before mm-hmm. you leave, I want to mm-hmm. make sure our listeners have three tips mm-hmm. for what they can do to navigate 
um, their own relationship with this this quote unquote new form of math mm. that we're being faced mm. with as parents, so that we don't destroy our child's budding potential love of of math. Yeah, parents need to be a positive role model for sure and exhibit some positive energy. And parents need to do math with their kids. And I'm going to challenge your parents to think about that as not doing your math, not doing math homework with your kid. But instead, finding conversations and finding games and engaging them in some mathematical thinking and some play. For example? For example, um, developing the um, idea of estimation. So um, one of my favorites is to, with a group of kids is to estimate how many steps is it going to take from here to the end of the sidewalk. Hmm. Okay. Right? And developing some number sense there as kids might say, a thousand. And then they quickly realize like, oh, no, a thousand is way too many. We're never going to get there. Um, and so as they estimate as they revise or estimate with more estimates with more information, they become more and more accurate. And there can be um, all different sorts of applications with estimation and, and working with some number sense. Um, another one is to have students start to sort and categorize things by attributes. So part of mathematics is organizing things into categories mm -hmm. and eliminating all ambiguity. Okay. Um, which is difficult to do. Mathematics is about creativity and also eliminating ambiguity. And so it's difficult to reconcile that, that dilemma sometimes in a math classroom, but a parent in a conversation can really relish that and, and um, have a lot of fun with that. And there's some good resources that are online, and I'll put all of these on my website, but wonderful. I would like to mention which one doesn't belong is a book and a wonderful website that uh, uses images to have students have kind of conversations about which one of these is not like the others and why. Like Sesame Street. So which but, one doesn't belong.com? Yep. Okay. Uh, .ca. .ca. Fellow Canadian for you. Yay! Whoop, whoop. Yep. Uh, Mary Barassa <laughs> uh, kind of runs that website, but there's also a book put out as well that you which could also buy. Which one doesn't belong.ca. Yep. .ca. Okay. Uh, sorry, I need to edit that. It's W-O-D-B.ca. Sorry. Wow. Well, we're going to do, we're gonna do that. Yes. No, no, that's Sorry, okay. totally ruined it all. No, 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 <laughs> you didn't ruin okay. it. Uh, WODBCA is the website. But if they search which one doesn't belong, oh, I it'll see. They it'll find, show they'll up. find that website. Wonderful. Okay, we got it. Um, and the other big website is there's a whole website called Talking Math with Your Kids. Uh huh. And it's about all these different strategies and conversations you can have um, uh, with your child because parents know that they need to spend it. 20 to 30 minutes reading to their kid. Well, they also need to be spending some time talking about numbers and engaging those conversations. But I think for a lot of parents, math, talking, to, to, talking math to your kid can be really, really intimidating. And it should be fun. And so Christopher Danielson and a bunch of other educators are really trying to find ways to empower parents to have fun conversations. Yeah, it feels like you're asking parents to have a conversation with a language that we actually don't even think is a language, let alone have any fluency in. Like growing up, I mean, our generation of parents, I didn't, there was like language, which you had all of the humanities in there. And then mm -hmm. there was math and maybe science as, it, as it's attached, like as mm -hmm. its cousin that might have some words involved, mm -hmm. right? So I think that it really is encouraging parents to rethink ma of math, not just as a numbers subject that mm -hmm. is very sort of abstract and there's mm -hmm. no language associated and bring it into the realm of all of these other subjects that mm -hmm. we would think of having our conversation with or reading about or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, so there's education that your parents need to go through, not only about learning more math, mm -hmm. but also learning how to play and have conversations about the instruction. Like, how do I inspire my child to um, have creativity, to ask questions, to 
make conjectures, to engage in investigation, to figure out what information do I need, what's useful, mm -hmm. and then how to analyze that information and use it. Um, but students are really, really good at asking questions. Young children are really good at asking questions. They wonder about all kinds of things. We need to make sure we honor that in math classroom and not destroy it. A lot, if we're gonna mm. ask students to memorize their math facts and give them a time test, there's nothing playful and curious about mathematics. Um, and it's much more interesting to put up a math problem like 19 times four and give kids silent think times. How many different ways can you reason out this problem? Ooh. Because any child that's doing the long division, the, I'm sorry, the long multiplication standard yeah. algorithm isn't thinking strategically about how can I get to this answer in different ways. So I know that you do consulting with schools. Yes. Do you also, because I'm right now, like we're talking after, because I think I need to hire you to <laughs> either guide me or work with my daughter. Yeah. Seriously, because I, I'm blowing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm blowing it. And I'm wondering, like, do you ever consult with parents? Like, will you do phone calls or will you like guide them to what they can do to be better math parents? I mean, yeah, I would love to hear more specifically about some of the concerns that your, your listeners have about mathematics and what supports they might need as a parent. And Wonderful. If there's time, come back and, and chat you up about it. I would yeah. love to hear more about it. Most of my work right now is working with teachers to uh, improve their instruction in the classroom to make mathematics more engaging for all types of learners. Okay. Um, and I'm really passionate about creating classrooms that are um, uh, involved in uh, inquiry and curiosity, and they're also effective and productive for both students and teachers. So I'm really um, focusing a lot of my work in that area. Since, since we have you here, though, sure. um, and and I could I know that listeners would be like, what's some of the common issues that you get? Like, what's the most common questions or concerns that parents come to you with for that? You know, uh, pre K or or kindergarten all the way mm -hmm. up to like say eighth grade because mm -hmm. I feel like that's the niche of our audience right now. That mm -hmm. would be like, hey, you know what? You've got them there. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll hit on some topics. I'm sure parents that are listening mm -hmm. are like, oh my gosh, we're going through that. Like, just like maybe two or three. That people come to you for the most the most questions about. And what do you say? I think I think most the most common complaint is some variation of um, thinking that mathematics is one way of doing something. That mathematics is a procedure that leads to one right answer, and that thinking about mathematics can get you into trouble. So one of the things that Common Core has done, and this is based on research, and this is based on. Um, what other countries are also doing about mathematics um, is balancing, it's talking about rigor, that there's going to be this conceptual fluency that is important. And the conceptual fluency that happens can be very visual at first. And then what happens is the visual is really inefficient, right? So as they're working on multiplication and drawing arrays and rectangles and using that, there's like, man, this is going to take forever to do mm -hmm. it like this. There's got to be a better way. Ah, so now students are creating this need for structure. And now the teacher can invite them into using the structure. And then that eventually leads to the formal algorithm. I think parents remember the formal algorithm and forgot the other stuff that happened before. And I think most parents probably actually did a lot of conceptual development, but they forgot that they did that. And what they remember is the procedure. And they don't understand the procedure well enough that they can't draw a picture, a visual, a less abstract model for their child to see where, why this algorithm mm -hmm. works. Because wow. 
But but Chase, that feels honestly, I'm just I'm just gonna throw mm-hmm. it out there. That feels, and I don't know if it's just because it feels like a foreign language to me still, mm-hmm. so it feels so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But for me to, on top of everything else I have to do in a day mm-hmm. to manage my house and my kids, to be like, we're going to sit down for an hour or I'm going to take an extra hour a day to learn myself what all mm-hmm. this is about, to be able to approach that. Like, mm-hmm. are there like just simple, gosh, you know, I, I, I think it does. I think we have to say like, what would be, what's the shortcut to, if a parent were, were to do, you know, one or two things to support their kids I mean, I think the thing core. that he said, and they, like at the very beginning, like you got to honor your child's interest in math. Mm -hmm. So like when he was saying like, you know, hey, you got to, you know, let's how many steps is it to there? You know, and, and, you know, when you say, guy, I'm blowing it. I'm like, I have a 14 year old and 17 year old. And I'm like, you know, then if you're blowing it, I blew it because I never did any of that. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was just like, you know, you're going through the day and just... You, you know, trying, try like, I, I kind of hear what you're saying. Like, it, it's hard as a parent. You're like, okay, cool. You know, we're, we're trying to get from point A to point B. We got to get you soccer practice. We got to do this. We got to do this. Okay. Oh, don't forget about that. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, okay. Now it's the end of the day. All right. Good night. You want to read? Okay, cool. Boom. I think what Chase is saying is that there's opportunities throughout the day right. that, that, that you can incorporate math in. And if you start doing that, then all of a sudden this interest is sparked, mm-hmm. you know, like, wow, you know, dad, when we went surfing today, like, you know, how many strokes do you think, it'll, you know, how long, you know, how many to paddle out, uh, you know, that could have been an opportunity. I say, yeah. yeah, dude, it's going to be this. Or, hey, you know, um, you're jumping on the trampoline, you know, how many times do you think you're going to have to jump on it if you, to double the right. height or, you know, I mean. Right. So like everyday math. Yeah. He said, yep. it's, you know what it is? It feels like if I was, if I could do it all over again, um, you need to, you need to say to yourself, uh, you incorporate, hey, eat well, hey, don't don't be a dick, you know. Be a good right. person. So you got to incorporate all of this. I think opportunities for math to be in there, right? As and opposed that, to we're going to sit down for thirty minutes and do math, and opposed cool. to also throwing it in someone else's lap. You like could, mm-hmm. we don't do that for sex education. Sorry, you know, so, like, that's what I think. Does yeah, that make sense? And, and you'll spend thirty minutes reading to your child at night. Mm-hmm. There are totally. math, there are math books out there specifically designed around having conversations with your child about mathematics at night, like. Um, they they don't just because they're saying whatever the good night moon good night this good night yeah. this they can be talking about saying good night to numbers and why they might be their favorite or saying nice. hello to numbers or there there are tons of books out there and I'll, I'll link to a bunch of them okay. one really popular one is Table Talk Math okay. by John Stevens which is a book that is filled with these um, suggestions by educators about how to have some conversations with younger children. Okay. And if you have parents that really want to get into the nitty gritty of what Common Core is and why it came about, there's a Common Core math for parents, for dummies. Yeah. Not a fan of that those titles, the yeah. four dummies things, but there's a, a book called Common Core Math for Parents. It's also by Christopher Danielson. That's a okay. really, really good book. That, that they can read and absorb a little bit more about why it came about and what that math right. is. And one of the problems that Common Core addressed really quickly is that before Common Core, third graders in California were learning different math than third graders in Colorado and third graders mm-hmm. in Montana. And that we should have some kind of common core understanding about what our expectations are for math and English, sure. for, for what children should be able to learn, because doing it 50 different ways makes it very difficult for us to um, compare states and compare models and, and, and make some data-informed decisions about how to improve our practices, because mm-hmm. everybody was doing different things. So Common Core is just about creating standards about 
what students will be able to learn at the different grade levels. And then also very importantly, these eight mathematical practices. So a lot of parents, um, they're not aware of these math practices, but we're asking all K-12 students to persevere and make sense of problem, uh, mm -hmm. make sense of problems and persevere in solving them, to construct viable arguments and critique the reasoning of others, to think contextually and abstractly. There's more, but your eyes are already gla glazing over yeah. a little bit, but those are just a few. Right. But these are things that good mathematical thinkers can be able to do. So it's not so much about solving a word problem, but being able to analyze the, context, the context of the answer. So any kid that's, there's a classic example, um, 12, 12 people need to go on a field trip. You can fit five people in a car, how many cars you need. And if they say two and four tenths or 2.4 cars, they're lacking some massive conceptual understanding about what human that beings. number means. <laughs> right, right. And chopping up human yes. beings or chopping up cars is yeah. going to get really messy and ineffective. Okay. So. so if there's undoubtedly parents that are listening right now that are going to have more questions for you, um, like, I want you to plug your blog again. And if there's an yeah. email that you want to provide that they can email you directly. Um, and then if you get a bunch of questions that other parents probably have, maybe we can have you back and we yep. can do a follow-up um, with some more information. Yeah. I would love, I would love to um, uh, hear more specifically about some of the things your um, listeners want answered and, and talk about those things. I do love talking to parents and I think it can be really, really intimidating for uh, parents to approach their teachers yes. when they have concerns. And how do you have a conversation about a teacher that doesn't intimidate and threaten a teacher? Because teaching is also extremely difficult. Yes. Like to manage at middle school, to manage 150 kids throughout the day, can be a big challenge. So supporting parents about how to have those productive conversations safely and, and positively with mm -hmm. teachers is something I'm also interested in. Awesome. So, so they could come to you instead and be like, I think to, maybe my kid, either I'm in trouble or yep. my kid's in trouble with this teacher. Yep. Can you give me some guidance about how to approach this? What should yep. I be looking for? Is this teacher competent or not? Sure. Is it just me? Whatever. Yep. And they can find my resources on undercovercalculus.com. They can email me at chase, C-H-A-S-E, at undercovercalculus.com. And if they're on Twitter, they can follow me at mathgeek76. Love it. Love it. So, Hey, yeah. Chase, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, keep those emails, comments coming um, to, uh, to radparenting at gmail.com. And I um, really appreciate you stopping by. And we're going to get you back here again. Did you want to mention you, one more thing? Do you want the three tips? Oh, did you tips. throw the did I, he didn't no. throw the three tips in? I got yeah, three sure. tips. Are they quick? They're super quick. Do it. Go. One tip is be curious, learn some more math. There's always more valuable and value in thinking more deeply about simple ideas. Be playful, keep math fun and low risk. Allow for wondering and investigation and allow your child to ask questions. And the last one, and most importantly, I invite your parents to be the question key, not the answer key. Ooh. So when your child gives you an answer, don't immediately affirm or deny whether it's right. Ask for the explanation first and the reasoning that's behind it. Because you might also learn some math from your kid about how they're thinking about the problem. So, so good. There you go. Dude, Those are my three it. pieces of advice. I thought my tips were good. Chase yeah. just gave me a run for yeah. my money. I'm telling you, the first two can keep a, uh, keep a marriage together too, I think. Yeah. You know, the thing with <laughs> your parents. Key. Yeah, I don't know about bringing my mom and dad into it. All right, uh, this is Rad Parenting. We'll see you all next time. Late.